0: The first National Hymns Conference took place April 1, 1962, at the Emerson Hotel in Baltimore. It's appropriate that that event began in those Camelot days, when people asked themselves not what can be done for them, but what they can do for others. The seed from which today's Hymns Conference grew started with the thesis that an organized exchange of experience among members, and other interested parties could promote a better understanding of the principles underlying hospital management systems consider then the thousands of insights shared struggles shared advice given and received over that half century of organized exchanges of experience that is the hims conference welcome to steps to value a podcast that explores the intersection of people processes and technology in healthcare as the industry moves towards a value-focused model. I'm your host, Rod Pihowski, and in today's episode, we'll explore the global trends in healthcare and health information technology, progress made, and challenges yet ahead with Steve Lieber, President and CEO of HIMSS. Steve also shares with us his insights on what is on top of everyone's HIT to-do list. All that and more coming up on Steps to Value. 17 is the meeting place for all things health IT. Experience over 300 education programs, more than 1,200 vendors, hundreds of special programs, and limitless networking opportunities. Collaborate with HIMs and thousands of colleagues worldwide as you work to positively transform health and lives through IT. Register today at himsconference.org. I'm here with Steve Lieber, President and CEO of Hims. Steve, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Rod. Pleasure to be here.
0: Well, as you think about the last, let's say, 15 years or so of the progress we've made in the global digitization of healthcare delivery and access, and and what we're doing with with um, information technology, where do you think we've made the most progress, and and where do we have opportunities to make more?
1: The the place where we've made the biggest progress really is at the more fundamental basic level of electronic medical records. If we look back in 2004, uh, the level of adoption of a substantial, comprehensive electronic medical record platform was pretty low, very low in physician practices. 2009 comes along, the incentive funding, meaningful use comes along, and we see just an incredible transformation. I mean, we've used that word a lot, but it really was a transformation in terms Terms of the level of adoption in the United States uh, around electronic medical records, and, and that really has been the biggest thing that's occurred over the last 10-15 years.
0: And have you has anything surprised you? Any anything unexpected along this you know, this during that same time period?
1: you know in in reality rod no not really uh, we've all been in healthcare a long time and we know how slow healthcare is to adopt and change and so uh, looking at what has happened uh, in terms of the last um oh say 6 7 years since uh first mean for use came out uh, the adoption trajectory has been pretty, uh, well, what one would expect. What we're starting to see, and this is kind of the sort of the look forward uh, that we want to uh, talk about also, I know, today, is the use of that data now. The, we've, we've digitized everything, and now what do we do with it? And so I, I think what may be a, a little bit surprising is very quickly we're moving into that area of analytics, and so that's a pleasant surprise, but not unexpected.
0: So from what you've witnessed, um, we've seen a lot of changes here in the U.S. and yet this is not just a U.S. phenomenon. This is a global activity going on. Um, What can you, what are your thoughts on how, maybe how some different countries have handled the implementation of IT and are there any examples of, you know, that stand out in your mind as different yet effective approaches?
1: Yeah, I I think there are two countries that I'll highlight, which are not usually on anybody's list of countries to go and look at when you're thinking about health information technology uh, and, and the progress that countries have made, those are the countries of Spain and Turkey. You know, we think about the Nordics and Scandinavian regions as historically being very strong, and they are very strong areas of IT adoption and health care, but they're the predictable ones, and they are the places to go and look at, at advancement and, and where people are, are kind of pushing uh, the needle a little farther than others. But in Spain, you've got a regional health system. Uh, Every region has a fairly significant independence from the federal uh, bureaucracy. And in a couple of regions, particularly in Catalonia, around uh, Barcelona, uh, and along that eastern coast of Spain, the provinces along there have done a significant job in a very high-level of IT adoption in a country not known for being an economic powerhouse. And, and we have us they are, it's the country with our largest number of stage six, stage seven hospitals outside the United States. Uh, very admirable in terms of what uh, those provinces have done in terms of IT adoption and and truly achieving a very high standard of care as a result. And then you look at Turkey, another country that well known in the news, but not for healthcare or information technology, but there they have approached this on a national level. And they brought us in about three and a half years ago to do an overall assessment of the country and understand where they are today and help them develop uh, a, a blueprint. And they are using the EMR adoption model, MRAM, as the standard for assessing where their hospitals are today and then moving them along uh, that continuum. And today, Turkey has one of the higher levels of national MRAM average in all of Europe. Again, a very admirable national policy of identifying the importance of health information technology and what it can mean for the delivery of health care for the citizens of that country.
0: Well, let's touch on that a little bit. So beyond just merely implementing, what are the goals? Are they similar to what we have here in the US? Does everybody see the value of information technology similarly?
1: They they do, right. And that's the the point to be made is that whether it's at a regional level or national level, both of those countries recognize the relationship between the adoption of information technology and the improvement in healthcare, the reduction of medical errors. And it really is that understanding of value that results in a very comprehensive approach uh, on a regional or national level in terms of what. IT can bring about in those institutions as well as in the physician practices.
0: So again, let's let's stay on. You mentioned the word value. So let's stick on that a little bit. What? How has that as a concept changed um, over this same time period?
1: Sure. Back uh, a decade ago, we debated value. We debated whether or not the return of invest- on investment was going to be sufficient enough uh, in terms of what values it would produce. At least in the United States, I think we've gotten past that conversation. It's no longer a debate. It's What specifically are you trying to achieve? And so we're actually, I think, being smarter in terms of identifying what are the values we are trying to achieve and targeting specific uh, deficiencies that have been identified in an organization and, and working on those. Now, that's not necessarily the case everywhere. I was in Australia in the fall, and they are still having that debate about the relationship between the investment and the return. And from an intellectual standpoint, they don't really debate the value, but uh, the cost. And it's a country where the investment level from federal and state governments is relatively uh, low and relatively stable. There's not big investment uh, coming through right now, although they are starting to show some indications and some signs of investment in some places but as a result uh, it's it's that competition for resources what are we going to spend our money on and so there are is some debate as i say there about whether it's the right investment or not but as i say when i push back on them they all acknowledge absolutely that is the way you reduce medical error it's the way you do improve quality outcomes and so as i say from an intellectual standpoint really no debate and that's been the been the change over the past decade
0: yeah and and the Uh, What am I trying to get at here, Steve? It's the whole concept of return on your investment isn't the classic one acknowledged and recognized over decades and decades by accountants and things like that. It's not a strictly financial type of Uh, analysis, value from IT comes in so many different avenues. Are they trying to um, look at that as well and figure out how that figures into the equation?
1: That's where the debate turned, uh, because when we first started talking about it, I didn't quite understand what their uh, debate was. They were debating it strictly from a financial investment, financial return and when i start pushing on them about the value of avoiding errors or the value of improved outcomes improved quality of life that's where the debate sort of ends because when you start to factor those other variables which often sometimes are hard to quantify in pure hard dollar um, amounts, uh, the, then, then the debate becomes easier because, as I say, as, as we've come to recognize, as we've become more, um, sophisticated in our analysis of value, uh, we do understand the importance of bringing that, the count, cal- into the calculation, uh, variables other than just hard dollar savings, hard dollar return, because those are also very significant values. And
0: some of them don't manifest themselves right away. It might absolutely. take years, yeah. and it might be associated with the implementation of another technology chain that allows them to get some new values.
1: And you do. You're absolutely right. you got to look at this kind of from the long game. Um, you, you do an assessment over a six-month period and you, you don't necessarily identify all the values uh, because there are also certain things like culture changes in terms of the way practitioners view um, things that they do that changes as a result of being able to use technology that has values uh, downstream that we probably won't even be able to measure because they're just simply smarter. They simply have more resources at their disposal. And so things that just happen, happen because of what was implemented maybe a year or two ago, but you can't necessarily draw that absolute bright line between point A and point B, but there's, if we think about it and and sort of infer certain things, we know that that wouldn't have been possible if that technology had not been implemented.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And we see with um, Davies winners, for example, a lot of them have a very specific thing they want to approach, some kind of population health, for example, and they see how they're going to use their technology. And going into it, they know we're going to measure this, this, and this metric. And and that'll be the measure of how we know, know our success on that.
1: Right, on that specific point. But as I say, it's and, and you did as well, it's so important to also be thinking about other things that may result uh, from that implementation that are the the positive unintended consequences and values. and and that's the thing that I think sometimes we lose when we do, Uh, cost-benefit analysis is that we measure the things that we set out to measure, and that's really very important for us to do. But sometimes there are other outcomes that we weren't even expecting that bring tremendous value uh, into the equation.
0: And that's kind of a nice segue into the next question here. You you alluded to the future and planning. Uh, What right now do you think is at the top of everyone's health information technology to-do list, if you will? Is it a policy or a technology or a process issue?
1: Well, it, it, I, I think it's really a combination of all of those, talking about things that are people talking about right now, needing to do right now. We've got A negative negative and a positive that that we can touch on. The positive one is analytics. Uh, The ability to take all of this data that's being digitized, the ability to share it across uh, multiple providers, the ability to do analysis on tens of thousands of patients and look at how their um, prognosis changed as a result of specific treatments, the the sequencing of of both people as well as diseases and, and such really produce such tremendous potential in terms of being able to do predictive analytics and and truly create uh, care treatments and and regimens that it wouldn't even have been imaginable because you simply could never have done that much analysis over that many cases in order to come up with those kinds of, of answers. So that's the positive. The negative that we've got to be dealing with is security. Um, there's just a tremendous amount of challenge in the area of cybersecurity today that uh, really is, is forcing us to spend a lot of time in what I'll call defensive maneuvers uh, versus more offensive maneuvers of Around uh, analytics, data analytics. Uh, this is a place where we, we we do have to protect ourselves. We have to protect our data. Uh, and there are a lot of bad guys out there that have a different objective.
0: Yeah, the, the security thing has really come to the forefront of the discussion this year. This was a huge year for that with ransomware and everything. Um, obviously, you hear this from the people you talk to all the time. Uh, also a global issue?
1: Absolutely. It's not As prominent um, at this point, at least publicly, in other parts of the world as compared to the United States, I'm not as familiar if the breaches have been as numerous and as significant, but they are there and it certainly is on everyone's mind. And, and so, you know, organizations are taking steps such as uh, preventing any connection to the internet uh, by clinicians and other employees uh, except through independent devices that are not connected to the network, trying to, you know, plug every hole they can. And so, yeah, it, it is an issue worldwide. As I say, I think the United States has been a bigger target, um, but that is likely to change and others are going to be faced with exactly the same challenges we are in the United States.
0: So beyond analytics, the opportunities that lie within analytics and the challenge of security, any other challenges that you see coming in the next year or two?
1: Well, I, I think the rise of patient-generated data is going to be another challenge. Um, it, probably one of those that shouldn't be so much of a challenge, but it will be. Right. Clinicians are going to have a little bit of difficulty dealing with patient-generated data. Um, organizations are going to have a little trouble integrating it into um, their existing uh, platforms in a, in a usable way. But we all are getting much more educated about our healthcare. Um, Dr. Google has been a, a great resource for all of us, and, and hopefully that'll get smarter too. But yeah, I, I think that the patient-generated data and the ability to collect data remotely and share that with uh, our clinicians is is going to be uh, a bit of a challenge. But it, it produces, I think, a great deal of opportunity in terms of how I'm going to be treated and and how my conditions are going to be dealt with in the future.
0: And it's key to that patient centrism that we talk about. We want to see patients be able to be more involved in what's going on and without that additional data coming from them, that's that's an unclosed loop.
1: Absolutely. And and we are as consumers, we are going to demand i think is probably the right word we are going to demand that healthcare organizations be as consumer centric as my bank is my airline is everybody else my all of my retail shopping uh, you know all of that is just So much easier today than it was ten, fifteen years ago, uh, with the use of uh, internet-based electronic uh, transactions. We're going to demand that in healthcare, and that's going to there. It it probably will pick up speed as to how fast organizations are going to have to adopt to a more consumer-centric mentality.
0: Do you have time for one more question? Sure. All right. We we ask everyone we interview. What's your favorite technological invention, and what do you think its impact has been on our culture?
1: I've actually got two. Um, because the first one, nothing would be possible without it. And that was the invention of the microprocessor. I mean, if you didn't have that, none of this stuff works because... I mean, Absolutely. You'd be, yeah, we'd, we'd still have big mainframes and that sort of stuff, but it, the cost and such just simply wouldn't be possible. But that's kind of inside the box, and, and so let me go outside the box and something that's really um, more of a, a daily sort of thing. And, and it has to be the smartphone. I mean, there's just no two ways about it I can do everything on that device that 10 years ago or so I could only do on my computer and even then it probably wasn't a laptop it was a desktop and so you know sitting in my pocket is such power in terms of my ability to do things my ability to access information Um, I can't think of anything that that I rely upon more now than, (laughs) than anything else
0: yeah, it's a very personal thing, and it's it's a computer that makes phone calls and does a hundred other things. Yeah,
1: oh, you're right. Oh, by the way, I can also <laughs> use it as a telephone.
0: <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much. Steve Lieber is president and CEO of Hims. Thank you so much for joining us on Steps to Value. Thank you. So what health IT trends do you foresee in the year ahead? We'd like to hear from you. Send us your thoughts as a voice memo or an email, and we'll play it or read it on the air at the end of our next episode. You can send your comments to value at hymns.org. We'd like to thank our guest, Steve Lieber, President and CEO of HIMSS, for sharing his perspective on progress health IT has made towards transforming the delivery of healthcare. Steps to Value is a production of Hymns North America. Steps to Value is co-produced by Adam Baser. Rhonda Frazier is our story editor and guest relations manager. And I'm Rod Pihowski. See you next time on Steps to Value.